Well, what is up, everybody? What a night last night was. Very interesting. Learned a lot. Should have listened to my own advice. On and on and on. But. Here we are, back on Fairly Normal with you guys and me and us and fucking Shaka's voice. Wherever you are, just soak this up for a second. What? I don't ever listen to this song except for when we do this podcast because I never want to get sick of it. And... I just feel like we need more of that. Erday. All day, Erday. Big news, everybody. Not really. What's going on on this? I don't know what day of the week it is. It doesn't matter because most people listen to it whenever the fuck. But hello. What a big. Uh, a big week for Beth and I this week. We um, finally bought a house, which is huge. I mean, those of you who live in different parts of the country that aren't New York or probably parts of Chicago or wherever else houses cost way too much fucking money. What a racket. I mean, this this market is such a fucking racket because of what we bought, what we spent on a house, and I I, I don't. I'm not going to get into that shit, but what what we spent on a house. I remember thinking when we started looking, I'm like, this is our budget. We're going to get a mansion. A mansion. Because, you know, I travel around a lot. And uh, I'm like, you know, my buddy who just moved to Boise, my buddy Gavin Boyd, told me what he got for his house up in in Boise. Beautiful house. Nice yard, great street, little cul-de-sac, right? Gorgeous. And he was like, I'm paying less in mortgage here than I paid for rent in L.A. And I was, I said, well, what if this is what we paid for our house? And he said, you would basically buy half of Boise. In here, when I was like, this is our budget, you know what our real estate person said? That's probably going to be a fixer-upper in the neighborhood you're looking for. And I was like, get the fuck out. What a racket, dude. But here's the thing, like, uh... It'll never stop going up. It's never going to stop going up. Never going to stop going up. Why? Because people want to make money. Right? So you buy something, you want to sell it for more than you bought it for. And, you know, I remember my grandfather told me a long time ago. Um, because, and by the way, fuck, mosquito. By the way, I'm terrible with my money. Been terrible. Am terrible. Been terrible. Will probably will continue to be terrible. I just don't. I like now, you know what I mean? Like I, I have this, I have, a, <laughs> I have such a hard time of thinking of then. I like now, so I plan for now. And if I look, I'm not ridiculous. You know, guy, you guys know. You've seen the way I dress and the car I drive, and 
my four dollar sunglasses. I don't. Uh, I'm not this crazy spender. I, you don't see me on a huge. You know, I don't take twelve people to Ibiza. You know, not that I could afford that, anyways. I don't know how much people think we make out here, but <laughs> it's not a lot. After, uh, well, that's not what I should say. I want to get into money because it's all it's it's like perception is reality, right? So if you take what we make on paper and you put it in different parts of the country, you're like, well, you're fucking fine. But take into account that we live here, and most of us, before taxes, have to give away 25% of what we make. Manager, agent, lawyer. And then taxes. It it, it starts to whittle the fuck down. Um, but, uh, I'm and I'm terrible with my money. And I live for now. Like, if I, I, I like I said, I don't live crazy, but I changed, I lived without, I'm just getting better with money now. I lived without it for so long. That and I made more money before than I do now for sure. When I was getting, when I got a couple TV deals and all that stuff, um, I uh, I just you know after I lived in that apartment with three kids in that one room, um, I didn't uh my I didn't buy something crazy. I bought a fucking minivan. I didn't buy a house. I, I rented a house. I couldn't afford it to buy a house anyways. But I had a little bit of extra money, and I remember the first thing I when I right when I got that first deal, I said to I actually said to Joey Diaz, I said, "Hey man, I am not eating breakfast in the house for a year." That was my treat to myself. I was like, "Fuck this!" I've been in that kitchen five times a day, making and cleaning, making and cleaning, making and cleaning for you know me and the kids because we couldn't afford to eat out, and I was like, "Fuck it." I am not, I didn't buy eggs, I didn't buy cereal, I didn't want breakfast food in the house. We ate at a place called Lulu's on Melrose, I think Melrose, or maybe it's Beverly, mm, I don't remember, um, and we ate there, I basically, out of the 365 days, I bet you we ate there 300 days. Oh, Jacob and I used to just, because the other kids, we dropped the other kids off at school, we would eat there. Dad, Jakey loved those little sausage links. Sausage links, dip them in syrup and pancakes. He would roll that pancake around a sausage, dip it in syrup, and kill it. I forgot. Let's play a little music. Oh, I'm on board. Little Lenny Kravitz. Heaven help. Um, but yeah, man, I bad with my money because. I was bad with my money because I just wanted to, um, I mean, think about it. We've all been down in dumps. And then you get a little bit of dough and you're like, fuck it. I'm not living down in the dumps. So I spent, I would say the majority where I'm bad with my money, I nickel and dime myself. Dinner here, lunch there. You know, obviously we have three grown children, but you never stop asking your parents for money. So a lot of money goes there. And, um, you know, Beth and I struggled for so long that we kind of looked at each other at one point and were like, hey, if you want something, nothing crazy, let's get it. Let's know what that feels like. And so we ran through some money um, just to kind of feel no, 
like we didn't want to stress about anything for a couple years. Looking back, uh, monetarily wise, and now that I, you know, if I'm thinking about myself as an 80 year old, maybe not the best move. But I, I don't. Honestly, if you were like, go back and what are you gonna do? I would do the same thing, man. You get one ride on this rock. What am I saving my money to give it to my kids? What were you crazy? It's my money. And I, I would like to enjoy it while I'm living. They can make a living. And if I have anything left over, you're welcome to it. You're welcome to the house, whatever. But, like, I'm not going to not take a vacation because I want my, you know, kids to have an extra $5,000 when I die. Fuck them. I gave them a lot of money. You know, average cost of raising a kid, I think, for 18 years is something like $750,000. That's plenty of money. I've left them and given them plenty of dough. Whatever I got left, you're welcome to. But I'm not going to nickel and dime myself so you get some money when you're 60. Fuck you. Uh-uh. Yeah, one ride on this rock. And, and at some point, when your kids get grown, you got to start thinking about how you want to enjoy that ride. Um, so, yeah, man. But Beth and I are moving into our first house that we've owned. We got the keys yesterday. It's got a little pool in the backyard, which is pretty exciting. It's got a built-in grill back there. So I'm going to have to really step up my grill game. Anybody, I might have to ask uh, Freddie to come over and Freddie Prince to come over and help me with my grill game. Um, Because I don't know how good it's going to be. Guys, that was Lenny Kravitz. Heaven. Oh, man. Now, listen, this next... Uh, I see him coming up right now. Anybody who likes say, (laughs) that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Guys, George Michael, careless whisper. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. I hope some of you are slow dancing right now and listening to this. Oh, man. You telling me you didn't slow dance in high school? Did you couple skate at the roller skate? Couple skate, everybody. Uh, so grab your girl, grab your guy, head out on the floor. And this is George Michael. Careless Whisper. And everybody remember, keep your hands where we can see them. Couple skate, everybody. Couple skate. I may or may not. Oh, I loved making mixtapes in high school. Oh, that was my move to try to get into some drawers. Got no rhythm. Oh, I would make you a mixtape and like I would play a song and then in between the songs I would talk to you, you know? And it used to be like if you wanted to tape it, you had to go tape to tape and press record and play at the same time and all that shit. Uh, I remember one time I think I put I put up Thompson Twin song on there. And I remember I found this tape not too long ago. And after the Thompson Twin song, it was me going I just want you to know that uh, I put this song on there for you because well, I always see you in between first period and second period and walking in the hallway. and um, That's the song that I picture playing behind you all the time as you walk down the hallway. Oh, I was trying so hard. I had like a permanent mullet back then. We called it a soccer cut. Fuck you. And uh, yeah, man. You kidding me? The mixtape. I don't feel like it's the same as sending somebody a Spotify list. 
the mixtape was like tangible, you know? And you handed it to, to somebody and you're like, hey, man, check it out. And you fucking couldn't wait to get home or put that in your Walkman. Click. I remember my dad telling me, those Walkman, who's going to listen to music in the headphones? And I was like, uh, everybody. My dad also was the dude who wouldn't get us a remote control. You're getting too lazy. I'm like, what? This is where you're going to put your foot down? The four feet between the couch and the TV? This is where you think I should get my exercise? Just get a remote? Holy shit nuts. I remember also, I found a porn tape. Oh, this was like, it must have been my oldest brother's. Because the first five minutes was like a workout tape or something like that. Or no, a movie. Something, I forget. And then it just was like, and just cut into a, uh, porn. Oh, I remember that. It was, how old was I? I, was, I couldn't believe it. I also remember Gary Miles. That was the first porn I ever saw. Gary Miles' house, maybe for his 13th birthday. His dad got us two movies. Warriors, which is a movie that I've seen more than any movie ever. If you haven't seen Warriors, you just got to go get it. It may seem a little campy, but it seems so weird doing the podcast to this song. Um, but... uh and he got us the uh, Alice in Wonderland porn. And I remember we were all watching the Warriors. We're all like sitting up and like, oh, my God. It was bananas to us what we saw. Can you dig it? Right? A whole fucking thing. And then his dad was like popped in. He goes, he goes you know, 13. We can watch this now. Popped in the Alice in Wonderland porn. And none of us had seen porn. And we all went from sitting up to laying on our stomachs, if you know what I'm talking about. Everyone was scared to go take a leak. We all knew what was happening. We just weren't saying it to each other. Do you know what I mean? Young Oh, this dude was... It's so funny that we used to think he was straight. I remember when I Want Your Sex came out, we were, I was like, that dude gets so much pussy. <laughs> Nobody had a gaydar, right? Nobody. People were like, oh, George Michael is knee-deep in pussy. I mean, like a couple generations before that, they were like, Elton John is straight. Look at the dude with the boa fucking chicks. Nope. Not so much with that. Um, so last night, interesting night at the improv. Uh, and I fell victim to something that I I actually have talked recently about between the fighter, uh, the uh, Prince and the Wolf podcast and Joey Diaz's uh, Church of What's Happening Now. So I was telling a couple new stories, and they're not brand new, but they're new that I'm still working on, and I'm still taping them, and, uh, oh, hell yeah, y'all, run the jewel, hey kids, run the jewels, love this one, um, so, but I fell victim to like, okay, so I'm trying a new, all right, my process for jokes is I get on stage and I'll tell a story and then I kind of know that that story is in my little pool now that I'm I'm uh, playing with, right? But I don't record and I don't... I just kind of do it over and over again or when I feel like it. There are some jokes that I start two years ago. There's some jokes that I've started two years ago and I just kind of put on a shelf and I'm just getting back into them now. You know, I have no rhyme or reason which in the past I thought had hindered me and my progress. Last night, I go, okay, I'm not going to do that. I taped a bunch of sets. 
and I taped this one story. I've taped the last three times I did it on stage. So I listened to it on the way down the improv, which I never do. And I got on stage, and I was so caught up in trying to remember the parts that I liked and didn't like from the recording that it fucked up my cadence. It fucked up my how I felt on stage. And uh, it wasn't nearly as, nearly as natural. And so I was so worried about hitting the beats that I had loved and hitting them naturally. They came out totally unnatural. And then, you know, rule number one of telling a story is you got to deliver it with confidence. My confidence went like that. First minute in the story. As I, my mind was searching for, like, how did I say it last time? Or how did I do? I just fucking shit the bed. I don't know if people watching it thought I shit the bed. But for me, it felt really clunky. And then I could tell I started to get not confident because I was messing up words. And then usually if I'm confident in a story and I say something I'm not supposed to say, I call it out. I'm like, that, that was a fuck up. Let's move past that or whatever I say. And this, I just blew past it because I was already, I had just already gotten in my head. I just I hadn't done that to myself in so long. But it reminds me, because I haven't been on the road for like a month and a half, it reminds me that no matter how long I've been doing it, and look, I'm not Chappelle and I'm not Rogan, and, but no matter how many times I've been doing it, I need to keep my muscle fresh or I stumble and I lose confidence that quickly. It was really crazy for me to kind of sit and like I could I, for a second I almost was floated above myself and could watch myself head down a little bit not making eye contact with people doing a more quick head movements not quick like a snake but it was really a crazy little run um, but always good for me a good reminder uh, failure is the best reminder of what you're supposed to be doing to me Failure more than success because failure is like, oh, shit. Yeah, I don't want to feel that again. Like, and, and you realize, for me anyways, I learn way more from failing than I do from succeeding. You know, not a whole lot of chili peppers come up on my um, playlist. Soul to squeeze. I did have somebody last night, um, interestingly enough, they were talking to me about Prince and the Wolf. And they were like, uh, they said, you know, Prince of Wolf's really going to hit something about it. And then he made a joke about how Fairly Normal never hit. And I I was like, that's true, man. That's true. It never really hit. But I, um, <laughs> I was like, I honestly don't. This is, like I said, this is so much of a diary. My interaction with you guys on this podcast, even though it's, the numbers are, are, are pale in comparison to The Prince and the Wolf. And even when I do, obviously, Joey's podcast or Fighter and the Kid. By my interaction with you guys on this podcast means almost more to me than anything else because this one is so personal, you know? This one really, for me, is unfiltered me. Not that I'm getting up here and being like, fuck that, unfiltered in that way, but unfiltered in that stream of consciousness from my house um more just what i'm feeling at the time and so like i told the guy last night i go you know i feel selfish with fairly normal because i almost like 
our small ring and I feel less pressure. So I think when I feel less pressure, more me comes out. Does that make sense? That makes sense. I think it makes sense. Um, but yeah, man, I, uh, I say it every week, but I really thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're a small but mighty little crew. Oh, today, now you'll know what today is. We're really, uh, today in, uh, in news is the exact uh, story to me that typifies the split in our country. The, the transgender ban in the army that Trump just levied. Here's the truth. Like, here are the two sides. Here's why, for me, this is the perfect issue that is dividing our country, right? Not this specific issue, but this type of issue. On the one hand, for me, man, who gives a shit if you've got a dick, if you've got a pussy, if you used to have a dick, if you used to have a pussy? I really don't care. And ideally, nobody should care. Ideally, if you want to fight for our country, go... Go fight for the country. Like, I'm on board. You are doing a service that I couldn't do. You're doing a service that most of the people listening right now could never do. Like, you're way braver and and, and, and than I will ever be. So, please. And not only that, guys, equal rights means equal rights everywhere. Really important that we're not marginalizing a group of people whether you whether you understand their plight or not that's not the point just because you don't understand their plight just because you understand racism more than you understand what's happening in the transgender community just because you think maybe how black folks are treated is really more of an issue it doesn't matter nobody's rights should be marginalized because of who they want to fuck or what they want to look like or what sex they want to be or any of that shit. That is one of the things that is so should be the thing that separates us from everybody, from everybody. Gives a fuck what other people are doing. Is this person a good soldier? That person willing to fight for our country? Hell yes. Right? We need more people like that who are willing. If I'm in if I'm sitting here or I'm overseas and I'm on the battlefield, do I want somebody there who eh, kind of signed up cuz they wanted free college? Say there was a dude who signed up cuz they just want a free college. And the the fighting starts and they're like, "Oh shit, that is not what I want." Or some cha- Oh, interesting choice here. Lemon Twigs. Those days is coming soon. I'm not sure if a lot of you have listened to Lemon Twigs. They're just like a cool, different sound. But I uh, I kind of dig them, man. Uh, so, here's the other side to this. And this is the real side of it. I am speaking from an ideal place. I'm speaking from the way I think the way things should be in my office in Sherman Oaks, California. What the fuck do I know about a battlefield? What the fuck do I know? Right? So if the generals, if the people on the ground behind the scenes are like, listen, ideally we'd love for this to happen. 
But the reality of it is, is we can't have any distractions, right? And if your point is, well, they shouldn't be distracted because everybody, listen, I agree with you. But let's not talk about the ideal world and let's talk about the real world. Let me ask you something. To sacrifice reality. Guys, we got to go back to reality. And I don't know what the reality is. I don't know if the reality is generals really think that it'll be a distraction and any distraction is bad. Or if they're just, you know, prejudiced against transgendered people. I honestly believe, and listen, some of their trepidation trepidation could be based in a prejudice that they may not know about. That's possible, guys. Just because you don't think you're racist doesn't mean you don't do racist shit. That is such... Here's the key to me, to anybody. If you tell somebody that they're racist and they have their resume, their non-racist resume out, everybody's got a non-racist resume. Like, if I call you racist right now, you have three reasons why you're not racist. I got a black friend named Alan. Uh, do you know what I mean? I love Beyonce. Whatever it is. Everybody's got their resume of li- reasons why they're not racist. It's hilarious. Like, if you truly weren't racist, you wouldn't have to think about why. You wouldn't have to have your non-racist resume ready at the fucking drop of a hat. I once played basketball with Shaquille O'Neal. No, that doesn't mean you're not racist. Um. Oh, I, did I switch that song? That's a bummer. I accidentally hit switch, switch the song, Blues Traveler, 100 Years. No, I, Alone. One of my, actually, not one of them. My favorite Blues Traveler song is Alone. But this is Robert Earl Keane, Village Inn. Um, here's the other side of it, guys, is that it's like when people are like, well, if I'm stuck in a burning building, and I think women should clearly be able to be firefighters if they want. But I'm stuck in a burning building and I can't walk and I need somebody to carry me down some steps. Let's be honest. You want a man coming through that door or you want a woman carrying you over their shoulder? I'm asking you. You want a man? Me? Now, I bet you there are some women who are capable. But it's not even a question about whether men or women are equal athletically. Dudes are just bigger and stronger. That's not like a sexist thing to say. Not every stereotype is sexist or racist. Some some just come from places of truth. Dudes are naturally, not every dude's bigger, not every dude's stronger. Majority of men, bigger and stronger. I'm stuck in a fire. I want that dude coming through the door to carry me down the stairs. Now, if I'm a soldier and I, and I am telling my superiors... This is going to cause problems. Don't we kind of have to listen to them? That's the other side of it. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening on the battlefield. I'm not there. But if what they're saying is, listen, we would love for this to be an ideal world where it's not an issue. But it's an issue. And we, if we're going to be fighting in the future, which, by the way, it really seems like we're going to be. The other side of it is, I have to listen to the people who have experience in that field. And if they think that the cons outweigh the pros, then I don't we have to kind of listen to them? Like, isn't it easy for us to sit over here in our houses, in, in our apartments, and being like, hey, we need 
equal rights on the battlefield. But the people on the battlefield, like, you're going to get more of us killed. Not because that transgender is better or worse at their job, but because of how other people around them are behaving. And if you say, well, we shouldn't bend to the will of prejudice or racist, or I would agree with that on day-to-day -day life. I'm not sure if I agree with that on the battlefield. And that's my point. And I, that's my point. Like, I, I'm really, I wish we lived in an ideal world. And that's a lot of the things, guys. And what I mean by the, this is the this is the issue that helps divide the country, not this specific issue, but... The transgender community is a smaller community than it's not the it's not the biggest minority considered minority, but it's just not the not a huge uh, 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 group that permeates every every bit of society, right? So I have friends in Wisconsin. I've mentioned this guy before, who's like, "What's the fucking deal with the trans?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Who cares who uses what bathroom?" I'm like, "Dude, it's it's people's equals rights." And his thing is, I've never it's not a reality to me. That's like saying uh, Willy Wonka. Paul Bunyan he said because these people aren't in my day-to-day -day life and I was like yeah man but that doesn't mean they don't deserve equal rights and he said okay I agree with that but that also doesn't mean they it that story deserves to dominate a news cycle because to me where I live this is fake news right it's it's an interesting thing that 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 kind of divide where where we're all oh come on with this shit outcast synthesizer outcast is so fucking good um anyways uh yeah it's interesting man it really is interesting me personally i hope that we can figure out a way to do a little of both you know what I mean? Like, meaning, can we ease? Because for me, a lot of that problem on the battlefield, if there would be one, or in the in the barracks or wherever, if there would be one, just comes from, you know, a lot of hate comes from fear of the unknown. So isn't there a way to kind of bridge the gap and uh, introduce transgender folks into the military openly in areas that they don't think will affect the battlefield, right? Because once you meet people, once you meet black folks, once you meet Muslims, once you meet transgender, once you meet gays, once you meet Jews, and you realize, oh, these are just people, that's when the fear goes away. But, you know, there's still a huge part of the population that thinks you can't have gay kids or gay people around your kids because they're going to try to fuck your sons. They're not pedophiles. Same thing with transgender folks. They're not, it's not this fucking sexual deviant who's out fucking everything. Right? So I think the fear might... The, the taking away the fear might help. But for me, man, this is one of those things where as terrible as it sounds, and anybody who wants to take offense to this, be my guest, but you know you're not going to find a bigger fan of the LGBTQZKL... V community than me but at the same time I don't fight I'm not in the army I don't fucking know I've got a son who served serves he's re-enlisting and um, I would honestly ha have to leave it up to them 
they know be better than me. Not again, you guys don't don't look at it from ideally this is how we want the world to be. Look at it reality. And if you think standing up in this case for these civil rights is more important than what they would perceive as lost lives. It's an interesting interesting debate and I don't know if there's a right or wrong side to it, which is the weird thing, you know? Um, anyways, I usually don't talk about that shit here. What do we want? Guys, Dallas is coming up. Um, I'm going to try to hit the road with Dean Del Rey because that seems like a fun little show for me. Uh, Dallas is coming up. I'm going to Seneca Falls Casino. I'm going to the Cherokee Casino in West Siloam, Oklahoma. I'm also going to be in Tacoma, Washington, Chicago coming up, Phoenix coming up, uh, Portland coming up, ComedianJoshWolf.com for tour dates. I need some new artwork, guys, for this show. Who's going to help me out? Who's gonna? Who's good with that stuff? Who wants to send in some shit? And I'll send you whatever. If the winner, I'll send you whatever fairly normal stuff I got left. I think I got some T-shirts. I got maybe a couple of hats. Maybe. Uh, I doubt it. And I got some koozies. But uh, how about we do that? We set up a little contest. And um, I think that's it. We just wanted to drop you a quick one today. I'm going to do another one of these from Dallas. But I think I'm going to do it with a friend of mine from college. And if you have any questions for him about me in college, I would send them out. Uh, and I'm going to leave you this, whatever the next song is. Oh, I love this next song. Mm, come on, Tribe Called Quest. I'm going to go right past it. Black, Spaz, Modic. Trap Called Quest. All right, listen. I got a couple of big meetings today. I got, oh, and I think I found a place to shoot my special. I'm going to shoot it myself. And with my buddy, Gavin Boyd and Tyler Brooks. And I got a nice meeting coming up about a TV show today that I can't talk about. Fingers fucking crossed. Come on, everybody. How do you not feel good with this music? Remember, be good to each other. This is a quick little drop for you. Be good to each other. Be good to each other. Be good to each other. Just because you think differently, man. Listen. Open the door for somebody. You know what I'm going to say. Say thank you. Say hello in an elevator. Buy someone behind you some coffee. You see somebody in military. You see somebody in uniform. Buy them their lunch. Push it forward, man. Positive pushes forward just like negative. Listen, there's so much negative being pushed. And being pushed, by the way, on purpose. To kind of dominate the news cycle. To make you scared. To make you feel like things need to be fixed. That's why they push fear. For you to go, fuck, I need help. Things are pretty good, guys. You don't live in Syria. You weren't born in fucking Iraq. And by the way, nothing against those people from there. But seems better to be born here. Seems a little easier. 
You won the lottery already being born here. Okay? So how about we stop complaining and we start fixing? Stop living your life out of fear. It's not that bad. You remember November 20th when you were like, oh, the world's going to explode. We're still here. We're still here. We're still fighting. Come on. Be good to each other. Pass it fucking forward. Comedianjoshwolf.com for tour dates. I'm going to do another one of these from Dallas later in the week. Dallas, come on, come on. We'll talk to you soon. Don't don't sleep on this album. This album is fucking crazy good. All right, y'all. Used to sell drugs out the challenger. Used to keep guns with the silencers.